0: You're an auto mechanic, and you've worked really, really hard your whole life to be a great auto mechanic. Someone brings you their vehicle in, and you know something's going on. There's work that needs to be done, but all they tell you about is the good parts of their car. Where do you fit in with that? How do you find yourself working with positivity? What do we do with positive emotion in EFT?
1: Welcome to the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy with your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. EFT is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists. Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson.
2: You're right, Ryan. If I went into my mechanic, like they look at me, that's great. Glad that your car is doing good, James. Why are you here? Uh, you know, and this is a good topic. You know, uh, I want to just share a story. You know, George Fowler's—we call him a guest contributor on this podcast. Really appreciate uh, his uh, his voice and his mentorship in me and Ryan's life. Um, so we were in a, we were in an externship, Ryan. And George asked me that he uh, he said, "Hey, James, let's run a role play real quick. I'm gonna kind of." Sh- tell you about a positive moment in my life. My son getting a scholarship to go play football and I'm celebrating. What do you do with that, James? And you know, this is where we're being vulnerable and I'm trying to do some temp and some organized. and he looks excited. So I want to pass it an enactment. And he stops. He says, that's good. But could you stay with me a little bit longer and find out why I'm so excited, why this means so much to me? And then he kind of goes into, because underneath that is, hey, I've just really been struggling in life and sucking wind. And so to kind of see this moment with me and my son, felt like some form of accomplishment. So there was just so much more gold there. Maybe if you could have just stayed a few more reps longer, you would have gotten so much more. And the key point we were trying to take away to the audience is, is one, don't treat positivity like it doesn't have significance. Positivity, sharing positive emotion can be a form of emotional vulnerability. It is a way of allowing your partner to see you, because even showing like we'll steal from Brene Brown, Brene Brown here a little bit, right? She talks about foreboding joy. That even sometimes we can hedge our bets on happy things because we almost have this like fear of it going bad or losing it, right? And so, you know, we want to talk today about Ryan and I will get practical here in a moment about why being able to when it, when couples or a client comes in with some form of positivity, it can be stunting to you as a therapist. Think about how much expertise and time and training you put in to when things go wrong. And then they want to tell you about how well their car is doing. Man, this thing is going from zero to 60 like this. It sounds purrs like a kitten. But you're a mechanic and you're saying like, I specialize in fixing what goes wrong. And so how do we help join them in that space? Yeah. So kind of what's coming up for you right there, Ryan.
0: I love the story. I I think our relationship with positive emotion is a big deal. Um, I think you can, there's a continuum on it. Like most things, I think you can do it wrong, which is to use it too much or too early as a way that's avoidant. And, and that's not what we're shooting for, but I think it's equally dangerous, which I think is the point that you're highlighting that it it comes in and we don't really want that. We want to know what's going on. We want to be able to practice the, the tools of our trade and the positive emotion is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But And yeah, but means no, right? And so when that happens, you miss out on someone's life. And I do think positive emotion can be, at times, be the most vulnerable emotion, um, especially later in the game, if you're thinking about therapeutically. So to really, really, really be excited about your relationship puts you in a vulnerable position, right? I was watching something yesterday that was talking about people can hurt you only to the degree that you need them, right? Which is, you know, an interesting theory, but it kind of goes along with that, you know, to to really, really be excited for someone is already vulnerable. And so it's important as a therapist that we're ready for wherever clients are.
2: Mm-hmm. The image that comes up for me is like the little kid who did some cool project at school or got a good grade or won a trophy. And of course, as a natural sense of who they are as a relational being is gonna to want to go to someone that they, they really care about, that they believe in, to find emotional resonance with. Hey, can you resonate with this joy, this joy that I feel inside? Can you reflect it back? Do you want will you join me in it in celebrating this trophy or this accomplishment? And how many of us probably had the client on the other end where people couldn't reflect that? And how alone and how heartbreaking that feels? For them, so I guess I just wanted to tell that quick little example to think of it to like heighten, like you said, the vulnerability of it, right? And so you got something there.
0: I was just gonna. I don't know if I'm going the same direction you are. We'll just throw it out and see what happens. You know, one of my roles with ICEFT is is uh, mentoring new trainers, my, my, my and many other people. Um, but with when I was a trainer in training, and when I'm helping other people, it is it is often really really relevant because. When you're doing live demonstrations, live demonstrations of EFT are EFT and also not like EFT. There's they're different. You can't, you can't, it's not exactly the same as a session. It's a consultation. It's in front of a group, all that. So, <laughs> excuse me. So one thing that we find is that um, the couples that we bring in, even if they have a lot of distress, they usually show up and they're very, very Nice for 15 or 20 minutes. And so I I had to learn to get used to that because they're in front of people. They don't want to sound mean to their partner, even if they really are sort of upset with them. So for myself, and then as I'm mentoring others, it's really, really easy to get thrown out of attunement by trying to get to the work. And, And, you know, your clients are great teachers. They will teach you. If we want to talk about the positive stuff, you better come with us for a while. Or we're going to end up battling you the rest of the way. And by the time you finally break into where their cycle actually is, you're kind of out of time. So I think it's really, really important that we're ready to reflect, attune, honor, celebrate. And I like what George is saying, even be curious. Uh, what all is, how does this make sense that this positive emotion is present? You have to meet people where they are. You have to work with them with, with where they are before we go to where our map tells us to go.
2: All right. So this could be one of our shortest ones here because I want to go, I'm going to go and go to the practical part for a moment just to help. Uh, so you can jump in here anytime, Ryan. So for me, my go-to kind of checklist of when positivity comes in is welcoming. So I think you were naming something for a moment. There could be so many reasons why it's there and they all make sense. There could be a form of avoidance at first, Right. There's something really scary that I know we're going to talk about. And I want to see how much time <laughs> I've actually had a client kind of say, how much time can I kill off the clock before we get to that hard thing? And that's okay. I appreciate that. Thank you for letting me see. I mean, when it's scary, of course you want to focus on it, right? Here, I want to give an image. This is something the couple taught me uh, yesterday. Um, and they gave a good picture for it because we like images on here. And uh, the pursuer shared about, hey, I feel like the rope of our relationship is coming unraveled and you don't see it. And if you don't see it, our whole rope is going to come apart. And the, and the withdrawal was like, but there's a part of our rope that is intact and it is good. And I want to protect that part because if we go down there and start messing with the frayed end of the rope, we might destroy this whole thing. So let's strengthen the part that we have good. So he wanted to focus on the positive to help make sure that the rope stayed strong and strengthen the rope, right? In a way. So, I appreciate his 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 form of of using positive in a way, but also I like what you said. Sometimes it could just be the nervousness of entering the session normally, right? And it could be. I like to think of it. Sometimes positivity can be a good emotional warm up. And I'm not want to just blow past it, but it is a good way to enter in, particularly for withdrawals. This a way maybe we can possibly have success. I've also seen it with pursuers. They want to come in and they will try and give several rounds of positive, like we did this, we did this, we did that, as a way to try and set the session up for some success because they know there's a hard thing they want to talk about. I can appreciate that function too. And there is a a natural element where it can be vulnerable. Okay. So that's one, understanding the good reasons why clients come in with vulnerability. So I think for me, and what I learned that lesson with George is really shift me. My body usually does as a you know as a therapist as a person as George would say a reform withdrawer, <laughs> I do prepare myself for the worst in sessions, like how hard what were they at last time, and what if it got worse, or what if this the cycle took back over and be ready for that. Um, but then when the positivity comes, I have to make myself shift from okay, let's go find this big problem, take care of it, to like oh wait a minute, James, this is where they are. Can I shift me? Can I kind of perk up in my chair? Can I let my face reflect? the good that they're showing me? Can I really look at it with them and shift my mindset, shift my affect, shift my body's posture, shift my even my vocal tone. Let some brightness come into my voice to really celebrate it with them. Just like I would if one of my daughters came in and wanted to tell me about the rock she found in a river that looks like a shark tooth. That one happened yesterday. She wants to see, can daddy celebrate the shark tooth rock with her? Yes, daddy can do it, right? Then for me, the next place I wanna go to is, hey, Let's really assemble this thing, just like we do with sadness and pain and fear. Can we take a moment and like, hey, can we slow down? What was it that was going on in the relationship that brings this joy that you're letting me see? That's bringing this smile to your face. What was it that your partner said or did that just like just kind of lit your world up? I want to even get the, the positive trigger, right? The vivid somatic trigger that Ryan likes to talk about. To let that know, because that's a good attachment cue. This is the thing that brings joy to my life. This is a thing that brings comfort. Help them get clear on it. That might not be a place they've slowed down to explore. Sometimes for my couples, when we're doing positive, they're like, you're so right, James. We don't slow down and pay attention to this too much. What consumes all of our thought and all our energy is what's wrong. And we don't do this well. We got to get better at this. So I appreciate that. So assemble it. And for me, and I think what I learned with George that day is, Get the trigger. Get even what it's like in their body. Let them find joy in their body. You know, I think in our world, we've been suffering for so long, and we get so much bad news and people argue. I don't even know if we know what it's like to really let joy sit in our life sometimes or comfort or peace or hope anymore. Gratitude, yeah. Gratitude, exactly, right? So, like, find those markers of warmth in your chest or whatever that is, excitement that comes in. But, dude, explore the meaning of it, too. And let me just stay here. Like this is a this is a good place for you to. This is what you usually are looking for that the cycle doesn't let you feel or experience, right? That's you know we talk about blaming the cycle for the bad. This is also another chance to like the the cycle doesn't always let you get to this place, experience this. But can I stay here? And what does this mean to you? What does this mean about you? What does this mean about your partner? What does this mean about your relationship? Cuz as we said on another podcast when we don't what the cycle says is you're bad, I'm bad, we are bad. But what does it say here when we can, a positive, a moment, when we can get into the positive cycle or we can beat the negative cycle? What does it say about you? Like, And usually what I hear from my clients is hope, gratitude. It's like I got my best friend back again. This is what I always hope for. It's like one client, they said, it's like, I felt like we won. We usually play not to lose, but today we actually got to play to win. Um, so really get the meaning of it, even in George's you know example. You know to celebrate that is like what does it mean for you know like the positive he brought in was his son getting a scholarship you know to play football find out what that means for me as a dad how high how maybe life has felt rough and to see this win and sometimes i felt like i was sucking but this time it, this kind of represents like i did something here
0: right i love it that's a great example and and the meaning we're talking about is the attachment yeah, that's right because once again it's not about the content of football But what does it say about who George is as a dad? Mm -hmm. And now we're talking about the real stuff. Exactly. What does it say about who his son is? What does it say about each of their relationship? Like that's the juice his body's searching for. That's what we fear the most. That's what we long for the most. And that's why it's so important.
2: So we're going to take a quick commercial. We'll come back and finish up some practical ways of how to handle this positivity. If you like the content of this podcast... And you want more specificity and ability to see it a team of eft trainers supervisors and therapists work together at successandvulnerability.com to create a focused online training program to help you learn how to work in some of the hardest places in emotional and relational distress check us out at successandvulnerability.com all right so we're back so we're just talking about getting that meaning and staying true to Magda Arnold's assembly of emotion here. And usually even when you get that meaning going up and running, guess what's going to come through? A little bit more emotion as they get to reflect on it and tell the story that it's uh, – give the story of how they're making sense of this in this place now. And so for me, I want to then heighten the emotional experience that, that uh, that's tied to this attachment significance here. I want to heighten that. I want to sit in it. As we just talked about on the episode with uh, Gail – we want to soak in it for a moment. Really let this moment breathe. This is something that maybe they don't get to visit that often. So really let this moment breathe and let attachment do its work. And then for me, once it's really alive, it's simmering, they can feel it. We can see it in the partner. Maybe we can feel it at us as a therapist. You know, I remember asking Gail, how do you know when to pass it? Gail said, you'll feel it in your body. <laughs> uh, and so... I want to get ready to set this up in enactment. What is it like? What would it be like right now for you to turn and to share this with your partner? And you'll be amazed. You think, oh, this will be so easy. I've actually had couples almost block me here. One, because like I said, it's risky. What if they don't feel the same way about it? Or what if it's just me in my head? Or what if they don't respond? What if they still face me? Or um, I mean, so many things. Or what if I, I've had some people say, but... What if I reflect that and then they just think, well, but there's this other hard thing over here and what if, I ref- what if I share this and they think everything's okay and we don't get to the hard stuff, right? Um, and so all we're looking for, the reason why I want to share it is, is even them being able to pass positive messages of celebration, of success, is that is that, do they still block it? And attachment still can't do it, it's, its function there. So I want to see if they share it. And even if the enactment goes well, what I'm looking for, two things. If it goes well, Great. Next thing is then how confident do you feel like you can kind of, you can stay in this place. You can kind of keep this going that you can keep sharing moments like this. How confident do you feel? And usually you'll see like, well, maybe not so much. We don't know. They'll kind of give you to where they normally get stuck. Or if they can't do it, that's okay. Then that's where we, that's where we choose to pick up work that day. I don't know. That's my practical kind of takeaways on handling positive.
0: That's really good stuff. Really good stuff. Kind of stimulate some thoughts for me. I got, I got three thoughts and then just a couple of positives too and mm-hmm. go from there. I think, you know, you highlighted it really, really well. How, and it's, it man, when you see it so many times, it, it just surprises you how powerful this is and how universal this is across cultures, across different kinds of relationships, you know, same-sex, opposite-sex, parent-child. You're like, how can it be this pervasive, this attachment stuff, because positive emotion and someone's relationship to positive emotion tells you a whole lot about their attachment style. It tells mm-hmm. you a whole lot about whether a pursuer or a withdrawer, right? We've said that before on this show. Withdrawers' bodies tend to be very attracted to positivity. It's almost like to them, positive emotions is soothing. You're okay. The herd sees you. The herd accepts you. You're not a failure. Their worst fear. <laughs> But, but a pursuer, an anxious, insecure pursuer, uh, when someone's in that kind of place, um, it's the opposite. Positivity says there's a wolf out there and nobody else sees it. Mm. And you're the only one. And you're trying to cry wolf, and everybody else is like, look how nice the day is, though. Isn't it beautiful out here? And you're like, wolf, wolf. But isn't the grass really nice? And you're like, wolf, wolf. And it's like, but isn't uh, don't don't isn't the river lovely? So for them, it, it it's just when they're in that place at least. I don't mean to say all of their life, mm-hmm. but it's just so incongruent. It yeah. even says danger. So positive of a positive emotion for someone who's in a clinically hurting pursuer role, it, it feels dangerous. Mm-hmm. That can be very disorienting for us as a therapist. It can make you call your clients names, mm-hmm. and it can get your DSM out which may or may not be helpful, but from an attachment lens, not so much. So it's just amazing how much it correlates. And, and even, you know, I've had unique experiences of, of, of working with someone individually and then working with them, maybe with the parent in the room, and watching how the strategies can shift based on the nature of their relationship, which is a good reminder that these are not inborn fixed traits. They're these dynamic processes. So that's one thought. I had an image, as I always do, <laughs> even to an annoying point, of, of just a piece of cake that's cut. And you can see the side of it, and it has all these layers. Icing mm-hmm. cake, icing cake, icing cake. Doesn't that sound nice? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think positive emotion, negative emotion, secondary emotion, primary emotion, attachment longings, they're layered like that. It's important that we don't forget that because all of them are connected, all of them fit together, and all of them lead you from one to the other. So working with positive emotion can take you to pain if you need to. Working with pain will take you to positive emotion if you need to. So it's important that we don't discriminate, particularly too early, on what kind of emotion we want. That's easier said than done. Because as a therapist, positive emotion tells you, you don't, you're not going to have to work that hard this hour. <laughs> but Ooh, that, that's that doesn't, right. that's not, doesn't mean that's the one you should pick necessarily. And the last thing is I just want to agree with what you just said. You know, culturally speaking, and I think in our relationships, too, we're in starvation mode mm. when it comes to positive juice, positive emotion, encouragement, gratitude, thankfulness, love. And that's a factor here. And in these cycles, it's what they do is they rob each partner of the chance to feel the love that Mm. comes with this positive emotion. I personally, and I never want to speak critically of someone else's work, particularly someone who's so much better than me. Um, But you know, a linear teaching of John Gottman's findings, that if you'd have more positive emotion to your partner, your relationship would get better. I find to be not helpful. <laughs> in fact, that, that tends to backfire on me. Um, and that's, but that said, he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. He finds that in a healthy relationship, they have roughly five to one, five positive sort of sentiment experiences versus one critical or coach. And, and so there's a reason that's a finding. Mm-hmm. So once again, telling a couple who's in distress to do more of that is so misattuned They just can't apply it. But it's not wrong. Our relationships live on positive emotion and positive connection. So our job is to figure out how to go with where people are. So my takeaways that's kind of a good segue, I think, is when it comes to positive emotion, you don't want to push it too early. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the one who initiates. That's right. right? The worst thing you could do is a yeah, but. So if someone comes in and said it's been a really hard week, and I say, yeah, but hadn't it been better? That's really bad therapy. Yes, That is that actually puts them in the role of ignoring the positive emotion and pushing more negative to push back on me, who's done a misattuned piece misattuned piece of work. So I would discourage someone from opening every session with, tell me what's been going good this week. I mean, it, I used to do that. Uh, I was trained to do that. But I put the pursuer, the anxious pursuer, in a bind with that question. And I also... I also open a door for sort of avoidance to the withdrawer. That said, if they are, if they initiate, hey, it's been better this week. I had a client this morning say, I feel 30% better mm. than I did last week. I need to go spend seven minutes with that.
2: That's right.
0: Eight minutes, nine, not necessarily 70. I need to be really curious. Wow, 30% is a lot. Nice job, man. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting you to say that. Like, that's really good. A lot of people can't do that. So notice my sentiment increasing. Can you just kind of help me understand what things did you find yourself doing differently that created such a powerful shift? Wow. Celebrate, get curious, open that door and see where it goes next. That can be scary for a therapist, but it's really, really important that you do. And and that tracking will take you back to where you need to go, wherever that may be. And last thing is just see the importance of this, see the impact of this. We talk a lot on this show um, about finish the mission and uh, we should talk even more because you can't, I think you can't get it good enough at that. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. meaning there's so many good opportunities. So in the middle of your missions, there often will be and often should be positive emotion. Even if we're starting in the pain, when I share my pain with you at a new, different and deeper level, And when your body knows how to respond to me in an attuned way and and that is received as comfort, you cannot not have a positive emotional experience. And if the therapist misses that, what a tragedy. That's like being ready to score a touchdown and taking a knee at the one yard line. If you're not an American football fan, sorry about that metaphor. It's about to score a soccer goal and you just forget to kick it. So when secure attachment happens, positive emotion is the natural byproduct. It's a physiological response. My job as the therapist is to not let the client speed up right there. I've got to stop them. And I want to go towards what just happened. You took a deep breath. What was your body saying? Did you know you had that kind of power? How much does it mean to you to know that you have that kind of power over you? Can you tell them that? Right, So you might run six or seven positive emotion enactments right in the middle of a mission in between Tango 3 and 4.
2: That's a little bit there, you guys about to say That goes back to our podcast with Gail, that 3-4 channel. Had a good time training in New Orleans talking about that. Well, anyway, all right, there's a couple of things, man. I know we got to lay in the – I thought we were going to end super early. Not going to happen. <laughs> uh, but I like that. Thank you, ran for another way of talking about finish the mission. You know, we talk about finish the mission like with vulnerability. If you get vulnerable, like if someone's tearing in his room, pain or sadness – Get it responded to, but also finish the mission. Is is when that person maybe takes in comfort, like they've we've gotten the responded to. The person gives an empathic response, and then if there's relief that comes up in their body, don't stop. Go with that. This is hopeful. This is relief. Stay with it. And like right now, could you and heighten that hope and the relief and get them to share it right back? Because it takes me back to a definition you said on one of our podcasts that I think has been helpful and simple was emotion. It's just the body's way of putting out a signal to get an attuned response. And it's the same thing with positivity. When it enters, your body's trying to put out a signal to get an attuned response. Something good happened here. And the attunement is for people to join towards it, see it, because guess what it teaches the people in the relationship? Hey, this is where we have success at. I can receive and give care here. The bonding process works here in this relationship, and those are the people we're friends with. Those are the people we're married to. Those are the people you know, that we go to with um, our hearts, you know, and trials and celebrations. Anyway, that was part. And then you're right that, yeah, but can be really, really hard. We don't want to do, yeah, but when they enter with positivity and we don't want to, you know, like, hey, you know, things are 30% better. Yeah, but what about that other 70? Oh gosh. Ugh. Or if somebody is talking about the 70, well, yeah, but what about the 30? That would, that would be really, really bad. Um, and even with the Gottman part, the key to that Gottman research is that's what he saw the masters already doing. So they were the people that were not clinical, that were doing five to one. <laughs> Correct. So we don't tell the other people who are what he called what the disasters, I think he said. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, We wouldn't say that in EFT. We would not tell them, now go act like them. Mm-hmm. There's something going on in their relationship that lets them ha- be able to do that part. Because a negative cycle is not dictating the relationship. Mm-hmm. We've got to deal with the negative cycle that's beating on both of you and not letting you do that before we can try and do that in EFT. We would say that's more stage three, mm-hmm. where we're doing some of the attachment rituals and things of that nature. That's right. Uh, and then I like that anyway. I, I would, you know, maybe that's a whole other episode. What nah, about
0: I mean, that's, and that's yeah. not being critical, of Doctor Gottman. No, about, not at I don't all. Want to come across that way. We, we maybe wouldn't.
2: people misunderstand his finding right. and misuse it. <laughs>
0: That's right. It's like, that's not what he said. Nope. He says, this is what you see healthy couples do. That doesn't mean you can go teach unhealthy couples to do that mm-hmm. and ignoring what else is going on. <laughs> I think he would agree with that. Credit to Dr. Gottman. We wouldn't be able to do what we're doing without him. He's amazing.
2: I just got that amazing with the clip that you and George show sometimes in training where it's like, and could you turn right now and say five positive things to your partner? Mm-hmm. You make good lasagna. <laughs> you take care of the kids well. <laughs>
0: Anyway, go ahead. No, that's that's it. But it's what what we know is that from w- when you can get a couple to secure each other, when we're making comfort happen, positive emotion is a natural byproduct. You cannot not have it. So it is something we should be looking for, the shift. I know when I was when Jim Furrow was working with me on trying to learn to do good lives, he was like, Hey, we're looking for that shift and that and that shift is primarily positive emotion. Mm. Uh, You know, it can be a shift into vulnerability. There can be other things as well. But we are looking for this. The order at which we go find it is what's really, really key. Mm -hmm.
2: And because we've been listening to you as our listeners, I feel like I can hear y'all asking me the question on social media. But what about when one person's in positivity, another person can't take it in the block? Right? What comes up in my mind is, it depends. If you're going with the first, if, depends on who's first for me to make the determination. But if we're working with the first person and they do experience positivity, another person blocks. We'll say it's the withdrawer. It's like going to work, has some positive, they share it and the pursuer can't take it in. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna see if I can part out the pursuer and honor the part of them that maybe this part, that this is what you want, this is what you can see, you can see this and it matters, you want more of this. But there's this other part of you. The wolf is out there. Yes, it's sunny outside, but there's a wolf. Can anyone else see the wolf? The wolf has big, scary things, and it's going to hurt us. I get that, can—is there a part of you for right now? Can you see that I see it? But can we take a moment and see that sun that your partner's talking about for a quick moment and tell them that you see the sun, that you want to bask in the sun too? Can you tell them that part? That you would like to bask in the sun too and not worry about the wolf? Could you even share that with them for a moment? That's called flipping the block. And if they can't do it, I'm going to go back to the other person like, Thank you, man. You let me see that this 30% means so much because sometimes you feel like it's 0%, but 30% is a big deal to you. But right now, your partner can't take that in right now. But I want you to know I see, and I want to celebrate that 30 with you. Can I take a moment go over and then just go over to the partners to kind of bubble wrap them, respond to them, and then go over to the partner and see if you can work with them. And that's my idea of like, if one person's in positivity and the other person can't. I feel like I I felt listeners were
0: going to be like, but James, what if... It's good. I mean, I, I, it's funny you say that. I I don't even think of that as positive emotion. If Mm -hmm. I, if I see that, I'm like, that's a cycle Mm
2: -hmm. and that's
0: a typical cycle. And, and, you know, we're going to do tango one, which is to really reflect both people That's right. and make space for both of theirs experience because couples tend to think we're going to mediate which one's right and which one's not right. And that's like, that's like picking out who's your, what's your favorite color. Right. Yeah, there's no, it Doesn't even exist. And I like that.
2: And neither one of the both of those are real experiences that they're both that's having. Right. Yeah. That's right. I like that.
0: What, what I'm thinking of with the positive experience is when both shift. Okay. Right. Gosh, and I like and that. yeah. And then because because that, that's when you do not want to miss. If one person's in a is saying positive things and the other person is not, then it's dangerous to highlight too much. Too much, exactly. You know, three or four or five reflections is excellent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good stuff.
2: We all thank you for just letting us expound a little bit on how to work with positive emotion, even they're delineating positive emotion, and it can come up and they can present with it, or if it happens in the middle of the session, just some ideas and ways in which to really work with it. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for listening we hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com and you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Rayner Professional Training. And on his website, Training.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at DocHawkLPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com.